This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello and welcome to Who's Up Podcasts. I'm Jacob. I'm here with Christian. Morning. Martin. Hi. And once again, Tom. Hello. We totally don't, didn't just record this right after the last one. No. We just invited Tom back. I and wish. We invited Tom back and he was foolish enough to accept. I was so good. They wanted me back. Actually, it was more that you filled in an empty spot from last week when no one else could take up the guest spot. You were like, yeah, why not? Okay, okay, we've established coherently in the first 30 seconds that because last time Tom was filling in a bonus slot and this time was his originally scheduled appearance, we've saved the abuse for now. Yeah, he did, so, however, not realise in the original appearance uh, that he would be missing Bake Off. So, of course, like a Good Society member, he decided to watch Bake Off later. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's totally what happened. So, anyway, this week, well, Monday was the anniversary of Doctor Who, a whole 57 years and so we looked at the docudrama An Adventure in Space and Time and the Fifth Doctor 20th anniversary special, The Five Doctors. So to start with Adventure in Space and Time, this looks at Doctor Who way back in 1963 when you had figures like Verity Lambert and Sidney Newman coming up with the idea of the show, producing it and trying to cast the first Doctor, William Hartnell. So what do we all think of this retelling? It's great. It's brilliant. I like it, yeah. And it is very, very, very good. Yeah, and I think it's one of the best things that they made from the 50th. Just, it was an extra project that Mark Gaddis did. And You're forgetting the five-ish doctors. Oh, I forgot about that. You're forgetting <laughs> oh, the day of the That's doctor. Wholesome, That's just like comedic wholesome. This is wholesome, like just hits you in the feels wholesome. Well, Gatiss had actually, he'd been trying to write this since before the 40th anniversary. Really? But yeah, so before Doctor would even come back, he kept going to the BBC and going, so I've got this idea for a docudrama. Why does he sound like your Brian Blessed impression? <laughs> my <laughs> Brian Blessed was better than that, all right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my... This is also better than that. I fumbled there. <laughs> it's not... I mean, no, obviously it was docudrama, but it's really fun to watch anyway. Like, not everything will be completely accurate, but mm. that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting because like, I knew that it initially wasn't particularly popular. So I knew that they had only really planned for um, Unearthly Child, the Daleks, and then what? Edge, Edge, of, Destruction. Um, Edge of Destruction. Edge of Destruction, that was it. Um, but then, yeah, like seeing how you know, bad it did, talking about Kennedy's death as well. And then seeing how popular it is with um, all the kids trying to be Daleks on the bus. Quite heartwarming. Yeah, it's just adorable. And something that hasn't, I mean, hasn't gone away. I mean, did anyone else play Doctor Who in the playground as a kid? Absolutely. Probably. As a kid. Yeah. As a... <laughs> what, what are you doing hanging around playgrounds as an adult, Martin? No, it's in, like in my own space, not playgrounds. I don't go to playgrounds. I mean, like at school. He had to be uh, kept inside by the teachers because they were worried that he was getting too accurate in his doctor impression. <laughs> I mean, socials last year would be walking around dressed as um, characters from Doctor Who. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, the last proper social we went on, there was, oh God, let me think, two 11th Doctors, Amy Pond, uh, two Jodie Whittakers, uh, Tom Baker, and oh, no, three Jodie Whittakers, I believe, all running across, Glory. like running down the Bailey. While doing the Mary's challenge. <laughs> oh, God. 
such a good night. But that's uh, yeah. I remember those now, don't <laughs> There are many things I want to say, but I'm not going to for varying reasons. Mostly because you want this to actually air. Genuinely, that wasn't first <laughs> on my list, but yes. <laughs> so let's discuss um, the casting in this episode. Now, the people playing Sidney Newman, playing Verity Lambert, I, you know, they did a very good job, and it's difficult to really identify those with the actual real-world people because we didn't know what they were like. But there are two cast members I think we can focus on. And no, Christian, I can see that grin. You I'm can't. not starting on the one. I can't see that grin. No, I totally can't. No, we're not starting on the one. No, but you can't no. tell me that, unlike Verity and Sydney, if you saw Warris Hussein in the bar, you'd recognise immediately who he is. <laughs> the only well, reason you're allowed to mention this is because of what the casting is. Yes, and that's also why I'm starting with the one we can recognise, David Bradley, <laughs> as William Hartnell. So, okay, putting any discussion of Twice Upon a Time aside for now, what do we also think the of... the audio dramas. Okay, yes. But what do we think of Bradley's performance as William Hartnell? Not as the Doctor, as William Hartnell. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah, know I like William it. Hartnell well enough personally to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't? He's top line. You, you should have gone to Durham Comic Con. He was there. Yeah. <laughs> this is Coffin. <laughs> oh, God. He's actually... No, to fair, he's actually created well, he signed in the Thomas Coffin World. instead of him signing your autograph. <laughs> but, Tom, please say that again, just so we can move on. He's actually cremated in Tunbridge Wells. I, I wish I hadn't told you to say that now. <laughs> I have nothing to add to this. I don't care about Kent. <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to say that Bradley does an excellent job of bringing William Hartman mm. to life. Can't, we can all agree on that. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, mean, I see. With that, I like... Um, I was going to say something. Um, you still are. I like how he... he um, they talk about how he like, they picked him for like his charm and stuff, and the character was cast as really like quite blunt and aggressive. And then I like how he brings the charm into it, because there is times when the first Doctor. I mean, I've been watching it recently. Recently is quite loosely. Um, uh, there is times when he's quite like blunt and um, gets angry at people, but then you can see like he does care as well, which I think Hartnell brought into the role personally. Hmm. I think my favorite moment is definitely near the end after he got the news that he's going to leave the show. I think that moment in particular is some of the best acting from that TV show, from a lot of Doctor in general, to be honest as well. Which particular moment? Because there's a few he could be on about. Uh, the, the one where he's just in his room, his wife's coming in and then he's just crying about the fact that... Oh, he's... where he says, I don't want to go. Yeah. Because yeah. Gatiss is a heartless son. Because he knew what he was doing there. <laughs> yeah. More emotional than David Tennant's one. Don't at me. <laughs> I think it is actually. Like, I mean, I'll be off. Yes, but when I watched Adventures Space Time for the first time, I wasn't nine years old, so that's not fair. I hadn't grown up on William Hartnell; I'd grown up with David Tennant. Yeah, but even so, like, yeah, it's uh, still very really okay. emotional. It's still <laughs> genuinely, I had a hallmate in first year next door who would just play Tennant's regeneration scene on a loop, and you could just hear it through the walls. <laughs> That is genuinely true. I'm just not doing that. Valley the chair in the background on loop. <laughs> yeah, I did. I would like, on occasion shout through the wall going, stop playing it, you twit. And yet somehow you're president. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, he wasn't there to vote for me. Oh. Among the swarms. 
Okay, shall we? Should we move on to the next cast member then? Yes. Now, as Christian succinctly pointed out, this is also not a figure you would recognise. Warris Hussein, who was the first director. However, he is played by Simon Armitage. <laughs> Richard Armitage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just remember the surnames to know who to first at. And he is played by Sasha Dewan, who currently plays. Spoilers, the master. I mean, spoilers, it's been out yeah, spoiler. for a year. <laughs> giving, I'm being kind of giving spoiler warnings for people who are just... It's Isn't there someone in Husok who only finished watching Series 12 this week? Simon Armitage is a poem for the record. Yeah, good job. Good job on you first, Christian. Just aim it in the right direction. That sounded wrong. Uh, <laughs> Sasha Dewan. Um, <laughs> Which direction would you like it in, Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> I really like his acting because it's such a different character he's playing right now to the master, just mm -hmm. comparing the two. Completely I really different. like him in Iron Fist. You were the only person who I liked who him did. in Dracula as well. I mean, Iron Fist isn't actually terrible and it no, also it features um, Thingy. Santiago from Death the Doctor, Joe. There you go. Joe's Granddaughter, grandson. There's more gender I... than oh. in your audio scripts. Okay, we only cast about three men. What do you want me to do? Well, Sasha Dewan, he's a great actor. I think he's busy. Get McQueen. You are right. Through a connection. You are right about um, Dracula, Mark, because that came out the day after um, Spyfall Part One. And my yeah. head kind of thought the whole episode was that's the master just with the chameleon arch. I mean, headcanon of this episode, it's the master just messing and making a show about the Doctor. It's, he's bored in the 20th, 20th century. That's the one. Yeah, but well, he could be bored in the 21st century. Like, we're, we're all bored in the 21st century. No, I was 99. <laughs> I said bored, not born, but well done. Oh, bored. Oh. <laughs> well, I was relatively amused playing Doctor in the playground. <laughs> so, like, five minutes ago. <laughs> Alright, actually there's a question. If you did play Doctor in the Playground, which character would you play? I'm a couple after. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I'd play the absorb a lot. <laughs> no, like, was, I the only, was I the only one who was just the Doctor? I can't remember that far back. I don't think I did. I'm just hypothesizing if I did. Yeah. <laughs> you played the absorb a lot. Hypothetically, I only joined Doctor Who in series three, actually. The first episode I watched was the very ending of Smith and Jones. Then I missed Shakespeare Code and I probably watched Gridlock. Yeah, that's a good question. I know I've said this before, my first surprise assignment. What, Tom and Martin, Tom first, because why not? What was your first episode? Oh, it's sort of thing, like, I remember watching it like in passing when I was younger. So I do remember watching places like the Empty, Empty Child and then completely forgetting about it and then re-watching um, series one. Um, uh, after A levels, but yeah, I think I think it must be like Empty Child, but I don't remember. That's the only episode I remember watching live. Okay, what about you, then, Martin? I mean, the time I actually properly started watching Doctor Who religiously was the Next Doctor, so literally the end of Tenant's era. I was quite late to the bandwagon. I mean, a Christmas special kind of makes sense. My um, yeah, my but... mum actually uh, remembers the Fifth Doctor from in Poland even. So it actually had broad appeal. Um, mm -hmm. 
God forbid if she signed on the five doctors. We'll, we'll get into that. That's actually <laughs> that's one of my um, favorite memories of Capaldi's casting because I was with my grandparents at the time watching that big live announcement. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, Capaldi walked, they announced it. Next doctor is Peter Capaldi. Both my grandparents in sync go, ooh. <laughs> and then five minutes later, my grandma says, makes it sound old, doesn't it? That our first doctor was William Hartnell. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really know who he was when he was cast. Like, I don't no, know. No, did I? It's just, I didn't know who William Hartnell was either when he was cast. But here we go. You didn't know who you were, Christian. Was that Walking Dead? Who Hartnell? Was yeah Hartnell? It's like Army Days or something. I'm trying to remember yeah, from. He, they, yeah, we I think only he did a lot it of those. like 24 hours ago, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that's what the detail I was focusing on. But it's it's definitely as just. A episode of TV. It's such a wonderful story to tell. I would, would anyone watch a modern version, like with Russell T. Davies? Okay, you've read the writer's tale. How much interesting detail would you say there are? Didn't didn't David Tennant and um, Catherine Tay and John Barrowman make one already when Russell (laughs) Davies left the show? (laughs) Oh, that's the, yes, the ballad of Russell and Julie. Yeah, Yeah, that's the one. If you look it up, it's um, (laughs) a It's a parody, I think it's a Victoria Wood sketch. Yeah. Where Tennant is Davies, uh, <laughs> Catherine Tate is Julie Gardner, and John Barrowman's on piano, the whole thing. Why would yeah. you? Write, it's less writers, that's more. Um, there's a book called, I think it's The Inside Story. It's quite an old yeah. one. I've got it at home and he bought it recently. That tells more of that. I think you could get drama, because like making series one, you definitely could, because that was a nightmare. Mm. After the first week of shooting, they had three weeks of material to still shoot. Like they were three weeks behind, which is just chaotic. So I think you could get drama out of that. Potentially. I don't think it would be as impactful as this one, though. Yeah, that's true. I think time would need to pass before they do it. Yeah. Yeah. It it needs to be for like the 75th or even if it happens, 100th anniversary. Wow. Or sometime between that. It will have to be quite a while because, you know, people might have nostalgia towards it. Um, especially nowadays, but it, it might be more impactful when we're much older. Yeah, and like given that the main plays will still be around, it'll end up feeling more like a biopic, probably around mm. say RTD rather than something that's properly memorializing what happened in the show's history. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good point. I'd still watch it. I would still watch it. I just think it's better for time to pass first for it to have a different mm. feel about it. Yeah, and speaking of time passing, our clock is ticking down, so let's move on to the five doctors. Of Rathalot. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, is there an echo in it? So in the episode, the five doctors of Rathalon, um, doctors one, two, four, and five are kidnapped by a time scoop and put into the of death Rathalon. zone what, what of Rathalon. <laughs> did I say, did I miss, did I say one, did two, two four, five? Two, Five. Sorry, I meant one, two, three, and five. I put in. Yeah, five fucking a bleeding yeah. time eddy of yeah. <laughs> Can I, Bro, I know I, I know I cocked it up, but can I at least try and fix it? <laughs> yeah, four doctors, not including Tom Baker, are um put into the death zone of Rassilon. Um Tom Baker, it gets stuck in a time eddy because he didn't want to do it. Of Rassilon. Thank you. <laughs> and they have they are trekking across the death zone of Rassilon, of Rassilon. to find the tomb of Rassilon. Of Rassilon. <laughs> <laughs> While a bunch of various classic monsters of Rassilon <laughs> try and thwart their path. Of Rassilon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
just uh, just for context for people who don't understand, like that's a trope in this episode is everything is the something of Rassilon. Of Rassilon. Yeah. <laughs> we only have so much time in this podcast, can we not extend every sentence I say by another two seconds? Of Rassilon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we've got a split opinion. <laughs> Screw you all. I think we've got a split opinion on this. Tom, you, what do you think of the five doctors? I generally, it's what I didn't see. It's controversial because I watched it this morning and. I thought you it, watched it was last night, Tom. What could you have possibly been doing? I watched it because I'm, I'm such a dedicated fan. Yeah, I, I generally, I don't know whether it's because I haven't seen many classic episodes, but it probably was one of my favourite classic, um, classic episodes I've seen. Just with it all probably the, like, is because you haven't been to many of our sessions. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, considering most of the episodes I've seen are like. 1960s black and white and this is kind of like a, a revamp it's probably like as a classic doctor episode it's probably not like not one of the best you know I, I can assume it's good but i really liked it because comparatively like the special effects are better the story's a bit, a bit it's got a bit more action so yeah i really enjoyed it well let's uh before i go on to everyone else's opinions let's just keep going on that because you've been watching hartnell this episode mm. obviously doesn't have hartnell because he died that's gonna eight, be my question eight years prior well I'm quicker on the draw than you are. So how do you feel that, that Hartnell's replacement, Richard Hundahl, how does he fare up to William Hartnell? Other than having a very good. similar surname. <laughs> I think it was good. And they all, like, they all, they, he obviously like looks the same and he's got some sim, similar, similar mannerisms. But he also, he misses kind of the, um, I don't know, he seems a bit too caring, if that makes sense. So yeah. yeah to David Bradley coming back and being too sexist in Twice Upon a Time. Yeah, which I, I know, haven't really noticed. For in, some um, reason, the show has like an issue in like getting one's character right. I think sometimes they play too much by the tropes of what they expect of the era, so the general audience can relate. But like, yeah. given that we are trying to bring back the first Doctor to kind of you know provide fan service, it's a bit sad that they don't actually give the fans what they know of the first Doctor's character to be, yeah. and instead provide a caricature. Like it's a bit irritating. Um, David Bradley is an excellent first Doctor um, in the audience as well, so it's a bit sad. Um, let me just yeah. go generic on him. Well, do you think Bradley is playing the first Doctor, or he's just continuing to play William Hartnell? I think Bradley has his own take on the first Doctor. So, for context to listeners, um, the first Doctor Adventures by Big Finish actually have the cast of An Adventure in Space and Time. Um, carry on their roles as um, Susan, Babs and Ian, plus the first Doctor. I think that take, um, they're not trying to copy everything of the mannerisms of those characters. They are adding their own takes on it. So it's not just a rehash of the era, but nonetheless, it's better that they don't try to just rehash everything um, or fail like sometimes the show does and try to make it to a caricature of what it actually was. Good answer, very good. I can have serious answers sometimes, you know. Okay, well, let's ask you this question. What do you think of the Five Doctors? Oh, the structural mess. I love it, but it's such a mess. <laughs> it is such a mess as an episode. What, why is it a mess then? Do tell. Although I probably of, agree before you start talking. It's it's one of the first episodes of Classic who I actually watched. Like, you know, when you hear of classic episodes, the Five Doctors is just one of those big ones. And if you're a newcomer to Doctor Who, you're going to be interested in a big event episode. So multi-Doctors is one of those that's going to drag you sooner than potentially single episodes, even though they're probably just as good or better. Um, but everything's just a bit over the place. The timelines of characters 
don't make sense. Like choices of where Sarah comes in a timeline and where the third doctor comes in his timeline and where second doctor comes in a timeline. The second doctor doesn't give a brigadier who's passed margin on dead. It just doesn't <laughs> yeah, make let's, sense. Let's go into those sort of one by one. So the second doctor in this is after the war. It's between the end of the war games, which is separated from the companions and forced to regenerate, mm-hmm. and his regeneration. Yeah. He's in the middle of Rassilon. Yeah, thank you. But he's in the middle of that because he's aware of all these events. Mm-hmm. But at the time, this was the first. Uh, correct if I'm wrong. You inevitably will. This is the first proof that there was a season TV six B. appearance. Yes. So comics already did it. Okay, this would have been it. the TV canonization of it. Mm. And then they further do that later with the two doctors, because yeah. they just have him with Jamie again. But he, both him and Jamie, remember everything again. Yeah. So you've got. So he's got that. The Pertwee, I think, is the weirdest one because Pertwee's on his own. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jane is paired up with him, but she is from, uh, you know, post Canine and Company. Yes, thank you. So they pair them up. Canine's not even in. Canine's there for thirty seconds. They don't bring Canine into the. They've death literally zone. taken Canine out of all of this and made Sarah's timeline make so much more sense. Mm. Well, I, I imagine the third Doctor is just near the end of his life cycle then, because he knows... Then wouldn't he have Sarah with him? Yeah, like no, he's supposed to be traveling with he's still semi-grounded on Earth. He sometimes goes back to work for units, so maybe he was just on a job coming back. But and, why uh, wouldn't he be with Sarah? And, like, he, he meets Sarah, like, he's like, oh, hello, Sarah Jane, as if he knows that she's from a different era. It's just such a strange also, choice. Also, isn't that she's older. So, like, is he, the Doctor can clearly see, like, how much people have aged... I mean, speaking of Sarah, like, I wish, in timeline-wise, I wish we'd have brought in Joe instead. And as for Sarah, I think they made Sarah far much too much of a damsel in distress in this episode. Like, she just was pulling her weight all the time. She couldn't do anything. Um, It was a bit irritating. Well, her scene right at the start, the time scoop starts coming for you for her and so she tries to run away and makes it two steps hits a fence and then just kind of goes well guess i'll die <laughs> she does have a lot of those moments like the rolling down the hill mm. and, and she rolls down a hill so the doctor throws rope after her that he pulls then, up yeah, because she can't up. climb yeah. a hill <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's those welsh quarries can be really difficult sometimes <laughs> <laughs> they can be yes yeah, it's, it's an unusual one. I get, like, the canon process is definitely smoothed over nowadays where you go, oh, that doctor looks older. Oh, it's just because that's what meeting your younger self does. Older yeah, self, even. But the thing is, this is, um, they reference Marjorie Undead, which in its own right tries to deal with this kind of multi-appearances. So they do the uh, Blemovich uh, limitation effect. So in Marjorie Undead, the Brigadier meets a different Brigadier. Um, and the episode's kind of solved when they touch each other and stuff cancels out and there's a big explosion. Uh, and yet, this is it after it, but they just still mess with the canon. And I don't actually mind canon being messed up particularly, but the way this episode just constantly does it in different ways. And at some point, it's like, yes, this canon matters. But at other points, it's like, no, actually, we don't care. It's really inconsistent in whether it cares about canon or it doesn't. And um, Timeless Children is bad because of it. Like, I would argue that the Timeless Children's canon is slightly more, you know, consistent. Yeah, I think, I think regardless of what you say about Timeless Children and whether you like what it changes, at least it's con- consistent mm-hmm. with what it yeah. changes. Exactly. The Five Doctors has no idea. Yeah, there is a, okay, I will concede this. There is a certain, 
yeah, there's a certain level of internal logic in Time Destruction. There are still holes in it, but what it changes, it kind of knows what it's All dealing with. Doctor Who has holes. Like, yeah, point, exactly. You cannot continue a consistent storyline without. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, diff- different is five doctors is trying to do fan service time with is just dumb, but that's a whole other discussion. It's like it's yeah, exactly. I don't mind there being holes in the canon because I just kind of run with it, but also it's just the way it picks those holes is really strange. Yeah. And also, like there's just scenes where um it's just all a mess. And a different scene related to the canon is like when Ailey Master first appears to the third doctor and it's so anticlimactic, he's just like waves to the doctor, the doctor just reverses it in Bessie. Um, <laughs> Hi. <laughs> How are you? Such a strange scene. Well, we um let's go on to Ainley. Good segue. Like mm-hmm. he was in Ultimate Foe last time, but not for particularly long. What do we think of Ainley's master? Because he gets a proper oh, outing in this so one. He's, he's, he's a decent master. Like, I think he's best with five, but that's kind of because he's got a lot more episodes with... with also because five is kind of his origin story anyway with Keeper of yeah. Jacket and all that sort of stuff. They're, they've got a really nice relationship between them as well. Like, I've not seen much. I've seen like Castro Valva, Five Doctors, and maybe one more. But mm. you could clearly see like they have a mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Ainley, but I still do enjoy his take on the Master. Like, um, I don't think it rubs too much off of Delgado. Um, sometimes I think he does play a bit too much of that, but as he his Master develops, he does get actually his own take on things. Question for you, Christian. Because I know your actual answer to this, you're going to say McQueen. But on, uh-huh. t- on TV, who's your favourite Master? Um, Classic-wise, it would be Delgado. Um, I mean, I think New Who-wise, Jacoby, but that's because I have audio background for him. Yeah. So I'm it's really like, biased yeah. because the more content I get with Master, the more I enjoy their take on the Master. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm sure Sim Master, once he gets more big finish content as well, will quickly rise up my ranks. Um, but yeah, Delgado is just an icon for a reason. He works mm-hmm. so well against yeah. the unit family. I'd have to agree with you on that. Oh, it hurts me. Yeah, we're watching the Sea Devils recently. And yeah, Delgado Master is just... That's because just the unit family era was made to perfection. Yeah. Like, they knew exactly what they were doing with each character every episode. So it's really hard to try and top that without creating your own structure again and planning it out. Mm. Yeah, uh, I don't think I don't we've got much to discuss on this actually. You'd think we would, but it's all fairly inconsequential. Yeah. I, I mean, think... we could. Okay, so uh, Death Zone. Um, it's, it's, it's not that deathy, is it? Right? I mean, I, okay, in terms of motives, I love the kazoos in the Death Zone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're great. I love the kazoos so much. I did laugh at every single transition because. And they it. get worse and worse. And I mean, we were mentioning like it's a structural mess so the fan wank of the five doctors gets so we have the monsters obviously we have this random dalek that gets pushed away and discarded immediately Um, in the mirror mirror maze (laughs) yeah and then finally we just get random companions coming up as illusions that scream themselves to death after a bit so yes (laughs) i enjoyed seeing yates back and i enjoyed seeing liz back but they're really they were so inconsequential I love Yates. I mean, he is a traitor, but I love Yates. <laughs> I mean, I wish Benton was there, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And if, okay. if, like, 
if if a brig ran into a fake Benton, that would have been fun. Hmm. Um, some of the some of the monsters were quite weird. Like there was that weird like assassin robot in spandex. The like Rastamori robot, robot, yeah. Yeah, I, was I like, wish that might say that um, in the in the Five Doctor audio time in office, where the Doctor does pick up his presidentship, mm-hmm. Leela says that um, in the aftermath of a death zone, they were sent into uh, the, uh, to clean it up, and she hand one on one hand combated the Rastan Warrior robot and has its head as a trophy in her kitchen. That's what was missing. Rastan Warrior robot. This is the best assassin in the universe. Also hits the floor in front of um, Sarah and the Doctor when it when it first shoots them. Yeah, it teleports through star jumps. I don't know what more you yeah, can possibly want. Yeah, it moves want. like lightning, does a jump, and then like 20 seconds later appears somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't know how lightning works fire. then in the, in the 80s. But... I mean, obligatorily on the monsters, I have to say that Iris Wildtime is um, a spin-off character that's meant to kind of be uh, the antithesis of the Doct in a comedic way. So Paul Margaret wrote her in the novels and then she transferred to the audios and it's played by Katie Manning as well. So mm. she was sent to the death zone by Morbius at some point and had to fight creatures like the Zabi and Mechanoids oh. in the ultimate bit of comedy. Why like, was that the five doctors. <laughs> we want Zabi. If you give me a full fan service, the Zabi just cross that checkered board and start getting electrocuted. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to the Doctor riding the Zabi with bow and arrows against the Daleks. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. let's uh, leave the five doctors. There. I just want to come on to something for the questions because we have new content to talk about. Yeah, because it's expiry date. Christian, about. I will strangle you. Pet Doctor and River Song out today. It's so good. <laughs> Can you save your big finished promotions for the official you said Twitter we account? Have new content to talk about. Yes, <laughs> I meant the teaser for Revolution of the Daleks. What do you I, think I, I meant? Talking about River and Ten and Five. Well, I wasn't so. It's on the cover. Oh god, now I'm starting to do it. <laughs> we got on uh, Monday for the anniversary. We got a teaser for the Christmas or festive special. We still don't know when it is. Confirming that Captain Jack is back in Revolution ah. of the Daleks. Which meant, shut up, which meant I lost a bet with Martin, but because he was dumb about it, I don't have to do anything to respond to that bet. He didn't actually put stakes on it. Next time I want to see both of you have stakes. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, I want one of you at the social as River Song against Freya. (laughs) Yeah, well, Martin Martin found a way out of that bet because he was going to dress as River Song in a camo gear. I will also, I also have a way out of it. I will dress as River Song in that one. shot from the series six trailer that was deleted where she wasn't wearing anything. Can you so not, that's the price you have to pay. Can you not you just specify, me. if there's another bet, can you just both specify that you have to come in as River Song in a dress? Yeah, we, we, when we, if we do another bet, we will specify. When you do another bet. Okay, yeah, I'll make when, sure to find a bet opportunity. Well, it's happen. Oh God, yeah. But yeah, um, Revolution trailer, were we, were you expecting more? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Was I expecting more? Yes. At the same time, the BBC and marketing recent series of Doctor Who is always really tight for some reason, even oh. though there's not... Yeah, but we know there's anything. Daleks in it. I think it's because they've learned from their mistake from series 10, revealing... Uh, they've course-corrected was... too much, though. There's yeah, no... I, mean, that was an issue. I think they are hiding too much. Like, for starters, I want to know when it's on. But also... Yeah, that would help. I think knowing when it's on, though, I don't think they've necessarily actually decided what date to put it they, on yet. No, no, no. They, BBC decided so far in advance. Right as tail, they were deciding when right, um, End of Time aired in 2008. Yeah. There's, Even with I mean, COVID, the time they, they, pick both. they know. End of Time they picked both, Christmas and New Year's. Well, they, they gonna... went through ideas of like it was going to have them both on the same day. There was like, maybe running at Easter. There was all this yeah. idea. Well, Easter would have been before it was Christmas special. That was way back. 
but trust me, they've had these discussions. Yeah, I mean, I do wish we got some more substantial content at this point. Yeah. Uh, mostly because some extra hype wouldn't hurt to get a bigger yeah, viewership. We on know the day. so much. We know there's Daleks in. We know the Doctor in prison. And now we know Jack. You could have made a thirty second trailer out of that. Easy. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, but twenty seconds of it was don't forget to click below and subscribe to the official Doctor Who YouTube channel. That's not channel. even the OG Keith Peter Capaldi version. I know. So basically, BBC were very disappointed to give us a proper trailer right away. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, kind of like that they're not giving too much away because they. I think they couldn't keep Jack a secret anymore because he's already been in an episode. You know, we all I mean, need to come back. I don't think we need to keep him a secret. That's kind of the point of the marketing, right? That we know yeah. Jack's about, so may as well show him. And also, John Barrowman spoiled it a couple of weeks ago by retweeting a bloody tweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, also the fact that their viewership is definitely dropping in recent series. I mean, that happens to Doctor just the time. Jack is going to attract a lot of people again. Because- I think. Yeah, and in terms of marketing, Series 11 was really um, Series 11 was Sorry. really lucrative. Yes, I can see it, Jacob. Um, series 11 was really like held close to their chest, but then Series 12 actually did market more again. So it's interesting that they're kind of going back into not marketing. And yet they also kept really good secrets as well. So yeah, yeah there is a balance to be struck. It's just give us some hype, basically. Yeah. Because Jacob showed his phone. Yeah, with a time run, it wasn't anything else. Yeah, question (laughs) two. Bondage again. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) You just say the bondage of Russell. I said timer. I didn't hear. (laughs) Okay, that's me incriminating myself. Great. So we have two questions, both from a wire. Yeah. No, we we don't because we're running out of time (laughs) and I will kick you off the call. Two questions. One is, what if the pilot of Unearthly Child wasn't re-aired as um, it was um, portrayed in Adventure? I think the viewership would have still been okay eventually, but it was really important to Why? re-air it. I have a real-world answer. They didn't actually re-air it because of the Kennedy assassination. They did it because it was a power court in the Lord of the Country. Oh. Wow. What a myth. I think, I think if they hadn't re-aired it, it probably would have been cancelled after... Um, yeah. Uh, after I, don't know. I think the Daleks would have caught on somewhat. I think it would have probably gotten some legs more. Maybe not as much, but yeah. Pretty good that little Daleks seven episodes, though. As I am right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a bit too presumptuous to say that um, it would have failed completely if the pilot wasn't 100%. Mm-hmm. And the final question, what's the best item of Rassilon? Recording. Oh, oh, mine's the trolley problem of Rassilon. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's a very good question, actually. It is an excellent question. <laughs> I would say the Black Scrolls of Rassilon, personally. I, I, like, I like how they open the chest and it just catches on fire. That was great. The Cornet is a crown that can mind control people. That, yeah, that's also good. My favorite I like thing. the harp. This is- the harp Ooh, is also yeah. very, very good. Christian, what do you think is the best item? <laughs> my, 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 favorite and, my favorite item is Remy. Remy of Rassilon. <laughs> That's, that's rattling. And okay, I think we're out of time, so we're just going to leave it there. Next week we are looking at ghosts because we want I to do Halloween think twice Jacob for some reason. Me in waiting rooms when we just finish this recording. No, I, I disagree. I disagree. So next time we have Ghost Light, which is our first Sylvester McCoy episode, and I'm genuinely surprised Christian. Held, I'm genuinely surprised Christian held out for this long, and then we have one for Emily. Under the lake and before the flood. Which it's is not because it's it's we've been doing week by week, doctor by doctor. I'm surprised you maybe do that week two, though. 
Well, yeah, but I'm still waiting to do Battlefield. Next yeah, term. Oh, God, I did I promise you next term. But yeah, yeah that, so that's I, all next week. Battlefield much. next term, maybe. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.